Hi, this is Elisa Wynn. I'm on the team here at Second Students West, and I wanted to welcome you to our podcast today. If you want to follow along with what our ministry is doing, check us out on Facebook or Instagram at Second Students West. I hope what you hear today pushes, stretches, and inspires you in your walk. Enjoy the podcast. All right, y'all can sit down. We're all stretched out, ready to go this morning. Man, I can't believe, can't believe Dakota brought up school. Right, you, you're starting tomorrow? On Wednesday. Okay, so you got a couple days to, you know, pray. But, uh, but like, you know, I, I, I love that the fall semester is upon us, right? I, lo- I love the fall semester. I get to reconnect with a bunch of old friends that I didn't see at all during the summer because, you know, I'm kind of an uh, introvert. But, uh, you know, over the summer I'll just, you know, read. No, I don't read, please. Yeah, right. I'll play some video games, go to a park, and probably the pool, something like that. But it's uh, where I binge watch all my TV. But uh, now being an adult, I get to hang out with some of you guys. So it's awesome. At VBS, we had Beach Retreat, we had Sixth Grade Camp, and a bunch of things going on over the summer. And now the fall semester is here. No more summer. But with the fall semester, that means football season is upon us. Praise the Lord. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Anybody's football team is absolute trash? Yeah? My high school team is garbage. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> now, now I, didn't, I, did not play, I did not play football. During, during my fall semester, I was excited for football, yes, but what I was mainly a part of is I was in the marching band. Any band kids? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, loved, I loved the band. I, I started playing in sixth grade. I was a tuba player, right? Boom, boom. Anybody, everybody's singing to the VeggieTales theme song, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just bouncing up and down. Larry the Cucumber, right? So I was a band kid, and I played all the way through college. I was a part of the Aggie band, best experience of my life. And I wouldn't, wouldn't replace it or wouldn't take that away for anything. But in thinking about this morning's topic, this morning what I'm talking about is prayer. Uh, in thinking about that this past week, it reminded me of a time when I was in high school. When, you know, I'm, I'm a tuba player. Most of, our, most of our pieces of music, you're more like the bass line, the rhythm section of you're just trying to keep the band on beat, right? But I remember, you know, you're in, you know, a wind ensemble or concert band or whatever that looks like, you know, and for non-band members, that'd be like the top tier, the second tier kind of thing, because uh, I know there's some of you out there that have no idea what I'm talking about. But <clears throat> the wind ensemble or the top band would <clears throat> be preparing a piece of music that's much more difficult than your normal, you know, football stand tunes. Uh, we're not playing uh, Seven Nation Army for... A bunch of UIL judges were playing like something I don't even know it's been so long since I've played like something, something like Bach wrote you know but uh, and so these pieces have more more difficult uh, lines of music for everybody and I'm like that's from the tu- from the flute players all the way down to the tubas you know it's no longer the VeggieTales theme song of just the downbeat right it's you know we're we're more a part of the melody sometimes and which require us to practice. Because tuba players, you know, we're often slow, not the smartest ones in the band, but sorry if you're a tuba player out there, but respect. Uh, 
but you have to practice. And these difficult pieces, we, we got one, and it was me and another tuba player. We were the only two in wind ensemble, and we needed to practice our piece. And our, our band hall is equipped with practice rooms, and you could get private lessons from the director, or if you want to take your horn home, you totally can. But as a tuba player, I in no way am ever going to drag that piece of brass home. Because that's way too, much, way too much metal, way too big of a hassle to bring that home. So I would always use our practice rooms. You know, these, just these rooms that you can just go in and practice. It's soundproof. You know, you can't hear it in the rest of the band hall. There's about 20 of them. So there's often an empty room in there that I'd be able to go in before school, after school, in the middle of the day, during study hall, or whatever that looks like. I could go in and practice because I wanted to be the best I could be. And so I had, had another tuba player that it's about a week out from our performance for these judges. It's a week out, and this dude just not on key. Not on key, playing the wrong notes, playing the wrong rhythms, doesn't have it down. His tongue, like, because that's how you get the rhythm, um, is just not working right. And so, like, dude, what have you been up to? Like, what have you been doing? Why, haven't, why don't you have this down? Like, man, I just, I haven't practiced. The only time I ever play my horn is during band practice. But you've got to be kidding me. You've got to practice your horn more than just, you know, when it's time to play all together as a group. You have to go in the practice rooms. You've got to take your horn home. You've got to do things like that. Because those rooms, those rooms are free for us to use. It's not like, oh, swipe your student ID and it costs money to practice, you know. They want us to do good, which is why they provide us with those rooms or with private lessons or if you want to take it home. And I tell you that because... Prayer is a lot like those practice rooms. We can always pray. It's always available to us. Anytime, anywhere, no matter what's going on in our life, we can always pray. And we should pray to prepare us for what is to come. Or what's, what's going to come. Or what's going to happen in our lives. Or what is going on in our lives. We should be praying. And oftentimes, prayer is used as a last resort. And in a time in the past, I don't know how many months it's been, 14, 15 months since the pandemic started, you know, people are getting sick, people are ending up in the ICU, and they're not doing so hot. And I've heard a lot of times, you know, all we can do now is pray, or it's the last resort, so, you know, I guess it's time for us to pray. Like, man, we should have been praying way before then. Should be praying in the morning, praying in the evening, praying at our meals, praying before our meals, things like that. Paul says to never cease praying. And it's often seen as a last resort when really we should have been praying long before we even got to that point of the last resort. So this morning, I want to jump into Luke 11. So if you brought your Bibles, go ahead and flip there. If you use your phone, totally cool. <clears throat> it'll also be up on the screen. We're in Luke 11, and the, uh, the disciples are with Jesus. And like all of us should, when we're interacting with someone who is more experienced than us or smarter than us, we should be asking questions. You know, like, hey, you know, I, I'm still learning how to do this. You know, many of you are probably in Algebra 2, and, you know, how do I find X? Well, it's right there. Circle it, right? No, not, not exactly true. Uh, you know, if you, you don't memorize the Pythagorean theorem, you need to ask someone to tell you. And so the same thing, the disciples are asking Jesus, you know, 
I want to learn something. Jesus, can you tell me this? And so one of the, one of the disciples asked Jesus how they should pray. So I'm going to jump into Luke 11. Most of you sound like with the silence of ruffling of pages or swiping of phones. Uh, I assume that you all are there. So we're Luke 11. Excuse me, that is Mark 11. Luke 11, okay. Luke 11, starting in verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Verse 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. I want to jump to verse 9. Let's go ahead and swipe down just a little bit. Verse 9 says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or, if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for being who you are and for giving us a time and a place where we can come and worship you and dive into your word and discover how we are supposed to live our lives as Christians, as followers of you. God, you're so good to us. And we love you so much. We ask that you use this time, that you speak through me, that you remove me from the picture, and that these words be yours and yours alone. God, teach us something through, through this message that I'm about to preach and and through the conversations that we have in small groups, I pray that you use this time and that you continue to grow us to be the best versions of ourselves so that we can shine brightest for you. Father, we love you and we trust you and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so out of that passage where Jesus gives, gives his disciples, it's not like, hey, you know, this exact prayer, I want you to pray every time. No, this is a model prayer. You know, here's an example of, you know, kind of, you know, A, B, C, D steps to go through when you're praying. Now, does it have to be done in that specific order? No. But in the way that Jesus modeled it, it gives us context or it gives us a great opportunity to see, you know, or to, to open our hearts to who God is. And then it gives us a chance to ask God for things, to, to present those requests to him and then to close out. So three things I want to get to you, or that I want you to get out of this passage. And so the first thing is that our prayers should be more than just asking God for things. You know, oftentimes our prayers, at least growing up, all of my prayers, you know, they were done at the dinner table. Like, oh, Taylor, will you pray for us? Like, God, bless this food to our bodies and nourish it to our strength. You know, I didn't even know what I was saying. But it was always God please give me this. God, please take this away. God, can you fix this for us? It was always requests. But, it, but when we begin and end our prayers like this, we miss out on a key purpose and the full power of prayer. 
Because what Jesus does first is, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. He acknowledges the uh, he acknowledges who God is and declares his greatness, saying, God, you are who you are, and you are the greatest and so good to us and the perfect Father. And I acknowledge that and I believe in that. And so our prayers too, when we pray, it's good to set our minds right, even in the middle of our prayer, God, thank you for being who you are and for being so perfect and so good to us. And then moving on to everything else that I want to talk to God about. Jesus did not start his model of prayer with an immediate request, but he begins his prayer by acknowledging who God is and declaring his greatness. And so we should do the same whenever we pray. The second thing, second thing I want you to get out of this passage in Luke is that even though, or that making requests are still a part of prayer, it's just not the main part. You know, we, we need to acknowledge who God is and declare his greatness. And that will set our minds in the right context before making those requests. And so after getting a firm grasp on God's identity and who he is and what he has done and that he is good and great and holy and a perfect father, Jesus then moves on to his request. And his request in verse 3 is give us each day our daily bread. Jesus asked God to meet daily provisional, th- provisional needs. Not the, not the uh, a long wish list of God, you know, I wish, wish I could find the perfect spouse. I wish I would get into my school. I wish I would make the team and, and all these things of checking off the grocery list, hoping that God will do the same of check, 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 check. Taylor's life is all together, right? Not the case. Jesus asked in his model prayer to meet daily provisional needs. But then he doesn't end his prayer with requests for blessings. He ends it with a request for forgiveness and God's protection from temptation. After properly acknowledging God and who he is, we'll have better context. Like I said earlier, we'll have better context for everything else that we're going to talk to God about. We can talk to God about everything, everything that's on our mind and in our hearts, We can pursue him and share all our needs and our wants, even though he already knows what's in our hearts and what's in our mind. But what God wants is God wants us to ask, even though, you know, he knows that I want to, you know, do all these things. But he wants me to ask him. He doesn't just want me to assume like, all right, these, this is what I want. So I hope that, you know, God can find my list of, you know, hopefully fulfilling these goals in my life. No, he wants me to talk to him because God craves this close and intimate relationship between he and I, between you and God. God wants, he delights in having close fellowship with us. And so that's why we pray, we talk to God. In the same way that you're talking with your friends at school, especially in 10 days, whenever you start school, is, you know, some of these people you probably haven't talked to in a while. So you have to rekindle that friendship. And how do you do that is you talk to him. Same way with our God. Is that the more I talk to him, the better I'm going to know him. The more I read about him, the more I'm going to know him and know his plan for my life. And so that prayer is an essential part because it's not just reading about him. It's having a conversation. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to speak back like, Taylor, 
this is what I want you to do. I don't know. I, I hope for the day that he, that he talks to me like that. But he wants me to talk to him. He wants me to know that I can go to him with my needs and my wants, with my desires, even though he already knows those. He wants me to ask him for it. And the last thing is God wants to give us good gifts. And namely, in this passage, it's his spirit. His spirit, the Holy Spirit. I want to read that to you again, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? After Jesus' model prayer, he encouraged his disciples to continue to pursue God, to continue to seek, and you will find to knock and the door will be opened and to ask and you'll receive, to continue to pursue God, and that's through prayer. Then Jesus, is, is, Jesus informs his disciples that God, as a good, a perfect, a great father, that God wants to give his children good gifts and that if flawed humans, flawed fathers, are able to give good gifts to their children, then, then how great of a gift will a good and perfect father be able to give me? The perfect and holy God will certainly give his Holy Spirit to those who ask.